0: Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hi, and
1: welcome to The Safety Guru. Today, I'm very excited to have with me Steve Howe, who's a safety director at ML Anderson Group. We'll get into a little bit of background in terms of what they do. He's also a safety motivational speaker. Incredible background, incredible story. Steve, welcome to the show. Really happy to have you with me.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: So why don't we start a little bit about your story? Because you had a... You had a a serious safety event that happened to you and and now you're a safety director. So I'm really curious to hear about your journey or story. Yeah,
2: sure. So uh, 2006, I was Mm an operator and tree faller for an organization and we were widening the highway uh, from Vancouver to Whistler for the 2010 Winter Olympics and uh, that day... Uh, Went to work, it was just like any other day, and uh, was asked to do some tree falling, and uh, the shorter version was I I was asked to do do a machine assist with uh, an operator and and myself, and uh, I asked for a certain operator, I didn't get that operator that I wanted, and basically told the supervisor, this isn't uh, safe, I, I need one of these other people to help me, and the op or the supervisor essentially said, "If you don't like it, there's the road. Use it." And and I ended up wow. dropping my gear and Wait. and was leaving. And uh, I got to my truck, and for some reason I grabbed my my cell phone, and I don't know why I grabbed my phone, but I grabbed my phone, and there was a picture on my screen, and uh, it was my girlfriend at the time, and and this is where my mind played powerful tricks on me. I went, you know, Steven 15 days, I have a car payment due, truck payment due, mortgage payment due, all those things of life that we all have. Sure. And so I ended up convincing myself that I needed to do this job. And so I went down the hill, uh, talked to the operator, we had our plan put together, and uh, mm-hmm. essentially all I had to do was just put undercuts in these trees, backcuts, and have an excavator uh, push the trees over parallel to the road while the traffic was still moving um okay and uh we got about five ten trees on the ground so far and uh then we get to the last tree I actually have got to follow my life and uh mm-hmm. put my undercut in put my back cut in I got in my safe zone and uh or thought was my safe zone and I uh, gave mm-hmm. the operator the hand signal to push he started pushing the tree over and uh Instead of committing and pushing the tree down to the ground and following the next sequence of events, which would be picking up the tree, deck the wood, wrap out the stump, etc. He ends up turning the machine back towards me. And for some reason, uh, the bucket comes flying towards me and hit me in the stomach. And as it hit me in the stomach, it ended up dragging me um, the full length of the machine. and, And... as I'm screaming and saying stop, and and um, I notice my legs are now separating from my body. Wow! So from there, the the paramedics were called. Um, you know, you, you think about, uh, or I used to at least when I was 22, that thought all these emergency drills and procedures were kind of a joke, and until you need them. Right and uh, and because of those procedures, I'm probably here today and so they called for a helicopter helicopter came, picked me up, got me seven minutes after the helicopter landed back at uh, Vancouver general Hospital
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, and that's where the journey really started. I uh, went into
1: uh,
2: an induced coma uh, for several mm-hmm. several weeks um, then I started to come out and then they put me back on in, in an induced coma because apparently I wouldn't survive the pain that I guess I was in. And over uh-huh. over months and months and months and months, um, they started doing rebuild rehabilitation surgeries of trying to put my legs together, all the organs and everything that had been ripped out, trying to repair that stuff. And and um, then probably about six, seven months in, I uh, got transferred to a uh, GF Strong, which was a rehabilitation okay. hospital where you know I was left with not being able to feel my legs um and uh, but they were there uh okay so that was again a win to me in my mind that I could still see them at least mm-hmm. um and so then sure. we started trying to just figure out life being in a power wheelchair and mm-hmm. uh, and so we we muscled through that and uh and the employer that I was working with um asked me if I wanted to come back to work and I said yeah and they said what do you want to do and Said, I want to be a project manager. And they said, Well, can at least get some schooling behind you. And because uh, I actually only had grade nine at the time, I dropped out of school, which don't uh, promote that very often. But uh,
1: <laughs>
2: uh, so I did that and, uh, and ended up uh, having to do safety as a side thing so that I could work during the day being a safety guy. Right. And then at night, do schooling to be a project manager.
1: Okay. And
2: and so I did that for four years. And so while I started doing that, I worked uh, on a, I think it was $2.9 billion bridge um, in Vancouver as well. And mm-hmm. uh, finished my degree in construction management. And uh, right. told my company, said, hey, I'm ready to go into to project management. And they said, yeah, right. You're doing too well in safety. <laughs> And so that's kind of the beginning of me being into safety. And ever ever since then, I've been leading across Canada, United States, uh, being a safety director now for Emil Anderson Group for the last three years. And that gets you to today.
1: And Emil Anderson, just for for those that are listening – broad organization 10 different business units can you share a little bit of background they do infrastructure projects roads tell me a little bit more yeah
2: so email anderson group is made up of 10 different business units from residential commercial uh big infrastructure projects we got one right now we're doing in bc that uh, i think it's around 600 million dollars one of the most challenging uh jobs in the province right now um we uh, also uh do traffic control landscaping and uh, paving and maintenance as well so we're very diverse very diverse
1: so so the story is is a very powerful one which you share Um, you're now applying a lot of the principles that you know when we first talked one of the themes that you touched on is really around motivations attached with shortcuts uh why we work safe tell me about some of your exploration some of the thinking in this space because i think that's an incredibly important theme
2: yeah so so one of the things again when you're you're sitting in the hospital for that long you have lots of time right. on your hands and, and and you're trying to figure out what went wrong and and just trying to just mm-hmm. under grasp this whole thing and and over the years and it's again been years to, to figure this out but uh i started thinking think about the decisions that i made every single day at work, right. and and uh, and we've all heard the words shortcuts, and and I took tons of shortcuts in my life for sure, up to this point mm-hmm. as well. And and realizes that there's motivation is attached to every shortcut that we take as humans, and. And, and some of them are easy ones. Like for instance, some of us are just lazy that day or, or it's time management. We're just trying to juggle so many things or we're striving from that, that attaboy from your supervisor or manager, but there's, yep. there's a whole bunch. Um, but, the, sure. but the ones that uh, it, it was more, it came more apparent, I would say in the last four or five years, the, the significant role or influence that our supervisors and managers have on our front lines. I, I didn't huge. It's huge. Yeah. It, and I, and I didn't totally grasp that. And and as I've been doing uh, um, motivational safety speaking around North America, uh, I've been doing this little skit that uh, mm-hmm. it, it actually shocked me how well it's worked and to show the effect of this. And and what all I do is I literally will pick someone out of the crowd and uh, mm-hmm. and I'll say, I'm the superintendent. You're the guy that works for me. And and I'll literally just say, okay, uh, Johnny uh, – Uh, we have to get these two sticks of pipe in the ground today because the rain's coming the rest of the week it's on the critical path it needs to get done today do you understand what i need from you and i'll ask these crowds from 200 to 5,000 people and i'll say guys Mm -hmm. what did i just say to that to johnny and they all say oh you told him to take shortcuts oh you you told me do it at all costs you 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 hear all these things (laughs) and the crazy thing is I didn't say any of those things, but they, but what I no, you what I learned <laughs> from all of this is is that's what they all heard. They all heard that, and and right. they all heard their own message that they that they perceive, and 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 that's when the real aha moment came because I, I realized, uh, you know, up to this day and before, the amount of conversations where my supervisor would say you only have today or it's got to get done today, sure. and all those other things we've all heard. And all I heard through that message was safety doesn't matter anymore. And I just got to get it done. Um, sure. And 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 the reality is this too is again being a worker before nobody goes to work every day wanting to disappoint their boss and let them down, right? Sure. And so if I believe that's the most important thing to them, then then most likely I'll probably tend to do it. And so I used to think that that is what's most important to him because of some of the things mm-hmm. he said. Now now hindsight's 2020. 20, if literally he had that same conversation. And I would say, hey, Johnny, but I don't want you to compromise your safety. Can this still be done today? All I've done is add a few extra words, but now I went from a green okay. message to a black and white. It's very crystal clear. I do want it done today, but I don't want it at all costs. Um, and, and so from that uh, skit, I, uh, I've i I've done that around, like I said, North America. And I actually had the, this one individual uh, supervisor. Mm-hmm. He's, I didn't know he was a supervisor at the time. He stormed out of the room. It was in Alaska, actually. He stormed across the room, out of the thing, and I, I still had like a half an hour to go. And in the back of my mind, I was like, I was like, I can't believe this guy is that something else. That's that more important. I just flew all the way here, and you just leave like that again. That's where my mind went, and uh, and again tried to forget about it and kept working or, or speaking, and and the meeting concluded, and and all of a sudden he pops back out the door or in the door, and and he goes. Hey, man, I'm so sorry that I had to leave. He goes, you know, that just struck a chord with me. He goes, I just told the guys before I went to this meeting. He said, hey, I have to go into this safety meeting. I need six more sheet piles in the ground today. <laughs> and he goes, but I didn't want them to compromise their safety. I didn't want them to do anything that could hurt them. Right. And he goes, but I don't want them to think that based on what I told them. And and to me, I was just like, wow, full circle. It it, it, <laughs> it really works. So, so yeah. so.
1: Right. But I think that's an important point because it's it's also a theme. I remember I was talking to one exe- one executive um, who had moved into safety, and, and he shared how, at some point in his career, he had this realization that all he was recognizing people for was getting the job done, working overtime, yeah, things of that nature, and he just take took for granted that they were doing it safely. And his reflection was like, "All I'm saying is get it done." And you're never hearing me say, "Thank you for a specific behavior around safety," or "Thank you for for something in terms of making a safe choice," or stopping work, or, or doing something that that puts safety at the forefront.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, so so the other part of uh, from this, I learned, still staying on that track with the uh, the motivations yeah. and shortcuts, is uh, what you say or don't say as a supervisor and uh, manager, and and mm-hmm. I used this story a few times in my career, but uh, right now, uh, I have an eight-year-old and 11-year-old daughter and a beautiful wife, and they're at the age now where they're starting to uh, verbally attack each other to the point where it's almost <laughs> too much, and it is almost right. too much. And and I'm in the room watching this happen, and it made me think, if I don't say anything, what message am I sending to my daughters? Because we know it's not right. and. And so I have to say something. Um, But made me think about it. What if I didn't say anything? What message did I send them? And Mm -hmm. to me, the message would be that it's okay. And so what line that I use is what you permit as a supervisor or as a a father, uh, you promote. Mm -hmm. And so if you apply this back to work, if you're a supervisor manager that sees people Mm -hmm. not tied off and they see that, then inadvertently you're promoting that that's okay. Yeah, it's a safety rule. It says that, yeah. but but it's okay to you, and and so that was the other part where you could see how it influences the decisions you make. You you get to the the time management. That you want the a boy from him. He clearly doesn't care and doesn't speak up when he sees me not doing the right thing. Um, so it must be okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and so that again helps influence the decisions you make as the as the
1: boots on the ground. Or, or even peers that see that you didn't say anything, correct. Uh, see it as you're you're allowing it, you're promoting it, you're saying it's okay, correct. Hey, I, I like that the point you're making there because I, I think one of the pieces we often assume is safety. If I want to really drive a difference, it needs to start at the top. And yes, absolutely, senior leaders have a very key role. But the supervisor is the one who's interacting day in and day out, and in my opinions are the one that has the greatest impact into the decisions that their teams make.
2: No, I, I agree. Like, again, just thinking back to those days when mm-hmm. I wake up and go to work, I I'm sure I'd see a top manager, CEO, maybe, maybe uh, in once okay. or twice in my career. But the guy that I've seen every day was my supervisor. And again, probably even people that would be listening today have been in the trenches before and, mm-hmm. and, would know that one leader in, the, in this world that you that you looked up to that you would run through a brick wall for uh that that person had so much influence in my life and uh right and it wasn't the top ceo um because he can't be that they, they had fifty five thousand employees he couldn't he couldn't be everywhere um but that supervisor was there and so to me he he was the most influential person and like i said i i can't be the only one that that thrives to have those attaboys those uh, affirmations and things there's more than just me that want that and and where are you going to get them from it's probably from him if anybody yeah
1: right. absolutely uh, uh, or or he's going to tell you to hit the road which is not the right thing to say no <laughs>
0: This episode of the Safety Guru Podcast is brought to you by Propolo Consulting, the leading safety and safety culture advisory firm. Whether you are looking to assess your safety culture, develop strategies to level up your safety performance, introduce human performance capabilities, re-energize your BBS program, enhance supervisory safety capabilities, or introduce unique safety leadership training and talent solutions, Propolo, Propolo has, you has you covered. Visit us at propolo.com.
1: Um, so, so one of the things that you advocate and that you bring to life um, as, as a safety director is around making simple safety simple. And I think that's often forgotten. People get into these complicated elements. Tell me a little bit about what making safety simple really means to you and how you bring that to life in an organization like Emma Anderson. Sure.
2: Yes. So, yeah, first and foremost I gotta say it again, making safety simple. It has to be easy or people won't do it. Uh that is probably the my biggest pet peeve uh that I see in here is and we've all probably heard it there's the the famous buzzwords we think a buzzword changes our safety culture or or <laughs> the next flavor of the month initiative and the reality is our people aren't stupid they know that's just the flavor of the month or the next buzzword it doesn't right. make them safer <laughs> uh it, <laughs> and truly what it does is is it just creates white noise and distraction that's all it does in my opinion um so so we're trying to make it simple and, and 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 we've again gone back to the basics. Like so I got to E. Anderson three years ago, and again, elementary basics. And and to me, the well, one, if anyone's into charts and graphs and those kind of things, statistically we have. Uh, just phenomenally uh dropped off the charts for for injury rates and stuff and er, ER ratings and stuff uh, incredible uh for anyone in the Canada knows the experience ratings we were all at surcharges and all of our cus they're now all in discounted positions uh every, any, anything you want to quantify we, we have it and and again it was the starting beginning foundation was making safety simple uh we also do um Everything is paperless, so it's at their fingertips. It doesn't matter if you're at work or at home; they have it on their cell phone, ready to go. The whole OHS program platform at their fingertips, and they use it. Sure. Um, so yeah, so that that's uh, that that's probably part of our most most important thing: keeping it simple. The, the other thing that we uh, we're really focusing on uh, is what we're doing right versus the the negatives. Yeah. Um, and recognizing people for doing things well, and if you and if you think about it, as humans, most of us have been trained, or it's been embedded in us, to to just go look for all the things that are wrong. Right? We're there to fix sure. fix problems, and okay. so it's not like we typically go to school to just say hey, let's go find all these positive things about somebody. And so it's actually pretty tough to do. Um, but one of the things that we do, like I said, is is we try and find, and this is our our formulas. For every one negative, we have seven positives. And, sure. And so whether it's in our meetings, we bring positivity. Uh, we have, like, for instance, a safety call every week. We, we, we again, there might be one or two negative things in there, but there better be seven to 14 positive things that are going well. And we're doing shout outs and, mm-hmm. and again, praising people. Um, right. and. Probably someone probably wants to know how we came up to the formula of seven to one.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because I've I've heard five to one. I've heard six to one. I've heard ten to one. Uh, now seven to one. And I, I think it's less about the ratio. It's yeah. I th- think I think it, truly it's
2: more about that there should be more positives than negatives at the end of the day, right? Correct.
1: And a lot more, not not just correct equal.
2: Yeah, leaps and bounds more. So so yeah so, um, so we've used that and uh, and then I try to to. Again, bring it back home as well. and, and I have a little again, I, I love my, my family stories, but um, my daughter, she's 11, and one of the things that is a challenge is uh, cleaning her room. It is definitely sure. a challenge to convince her to do that. And I tried the old standard way of, of nagging and, and telling her all the things she's not doing right, and <laughs> I'm not you know, uh, you know trying to take things away from her, etc, but it's not getting me very far which clearly I know for other people, it's probably the same thing. But one of the things is I tried to apply this same positive to negative ratio at home. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I noticed that she cleaned her room this one day and I said, Hey honey, I'm just really proud and thank you for cleaning your room. What a good job. And give her some details of the things I noticed that she like really well organized stuff. And, and, and lo and behold, it happened the next day and then it happened again and again every day i continually i'm continually um recognizing her for it but what i learned from that is what gets recognized gets repeated and so to me it's the same exactly right it's the same thing as at work if you go up and you observe someone uh in a trench and in instead of just telling them all the things that are wrong there find something positive to say um the better chances of, of that being repeated again the day after that and the day after that. Right. Um, so, so that, that's, that's uh, one of, uh, one of, I think the things that we're really, really pushing these days is this, this recognition piece.
1: So where did that ratio, the seven to one ratio come from? Um, you touched on it in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think from a reader standpoint, for a listener standpoint, I think it's good to have yeah, the reference point. Cause you, you've got a, You've got an interesting data point behind it.
2: Yeah, so uh, uh, there was a couple guys that put me on this, but there was an article from the Harvard Business, business Review that they said that yeah. uh, they found that six to one was the, the, the right ratio uh, mm-hmm. for the best performing teams uh, out there. So we're always uh, pleased but not satisfied. So if six was good. We went to seven.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Always have to exceed. Right. So, so I think this is a, an important, important message. The, the doing more recognition versus um, calling out things that are, are bad, I think, is is key. One is it gives you permission to actually call somebody when, when they're doing something not right, because otherwise you're just nagging, saying negative things, because now it feels more balanced. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. It also gets you to do more of the things you want to see. One of the struggles I've seen with with leadership teams, also with craft employees, is I, I, craft employees. Actually, just the other day, it was a session I was I was in, and they, they were saying, "I don't want some leader salivating some fake recognition hmm. um, that can that they learned from a from a workshop or or, or a book." Uh, and I think there's some some merit to this one. I think I've also heard from some leaders saying, "Why should I praise somebody for getting their job done?" So tell me a little bit about. How you drive that right ratio? Because I think that's key, and and getting leaders to see what should I recognize is really important.
2: Yes, great, great question. So, part of this, I would say, and uh, I think I just want to touch on one more little piece on that. Sure. It'll just tie all into it. Is is why is this important? And mm-hmm. if you think about, there's lots of us listening right now, including myself, probably you, Eric we all have a spouse and yep. think of the last time that your spouse pointed out something that was wrong. How did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Did that motivate you? Did it make you not want to do it again? <laughs> Cause if that worked, then we'd all have perfect marriages, <laughs>
1: right? <It doesn't> work. <laughs> right?
2: But think of the times when you actually were called out by your spouse for doing something positive and they recognize you for it. And And how yes. much did that motivate you to want that feeling again? me there's no difference um and so that's sure. why i think if we're trying we need to find ways to motivate our guys it's easier to do it by recognizing than just trying to call them out because again that system's not working it doesn't work sure. um in my opinion the second part um how we're trying to promote it and say it is is it needs to be genuine and sincere and directed through that person yeah uh tying the shoelace yes might be not a great example um, but one thing that we've learned is is not everything's wrong. Uh, if it was, we would have nothing built. Everyone would be in a hospital. So there's a lot of good things going right. It's just harder yeah. to find them because, again, we're so wired to just find the bad things. Um, uh-huh. and, and so finding that genuine, hey, uh, one of our meetings we have is a, a CSI meeting, Continuous and Safety Improvement yeah. Meeting. And, and is pulling that that guy that's facilitating that meeting to say, "Hey, I really liked about this two t- things you touched on and how you tied it back to a certain subject, etc." It's sure. very, very genuine. It's sincere. It's it's you're pointing out the specific things. It's not just good job. <laughs> uh, yes. That doesn't go very far. It might for the first time, but it doesn't. And uh, I would actually just tell you this um, before we got on here. I actually just had this exact same aha. I tried to you know. To be completely honest, I was just trying to speed up time because um, I was really busy. Mm-hmm. And yesterday it was farm chore day at the farm. And my mm-hmm. daughter, she um, she did really well. She cleaned the, the one side of the property, raking, did the horse manure, the chickens, the goats, everything. She did it all. It was amazing. Didn't have to tell her a thing. <laughs> and I just wanted to recognize her and I said, good job. And so I said, hey, sweetheart, you did a great job today. <laughs> and you know what she said to me? Yeah, dad, what, what part did I do good? <laughs> and that's when it just struck me again again that was just too generic yeah. not sincere and so i had to actually point out the things that she did well and then you could tell that it made such a big more difference to her that i recognized her for the right things so um so i'm still learning this this as we go as well <laughs> <laughs>
1: absolutely but but it doesn't need to be complicated doesn't mean no. you need to put big dollars around it it doesn't need to mean there's a there's a prize that comes out of it it's genuine sincere as you said but very tangible it's a behavior something that maybe isn't expected that you did maybe isn't the norm but you're going one step and beyond but not necessarily you transform the world correct i think that's the element some people are looking for that big i i, I went and i ran this project and i transform all these things etc and then you get the out of boy. but if i'm hearing you correctly it can be something simple
2: very you nailed it very simple because those also those things those things uh create ripple effects too right they, they 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 grow and all of a sudden you're you're sending that recognition to those workers those workers then recognize other people and it just keeps and again it's it to me is the, the culture we're trying to breed and uh and, it, and it, like i said it just grows and and i'm seeing those fruits of that right now three years in uh and honestly, I, I, I say it every safety call we have every Monday, the, almost the whole organization jumps on that call, uh, at least safety leaders and some of the foremen and, and the, all the way up to the CEOs on the call every week. And and that's one thing I say is so proud of this group because the amount of positivity that's going, again, it's cheap, right? It's it's not expensive.
1: It's not expensive. It's it's simple. It's a desire. It's setting an expectation like your six-to-one ratio. What, whatever ratio you pick, it's that you're trying to find more positive things and they were happening in every organization that happening, as you said. Otherwise, you wouldn't be building bridges. You would be visiting a hospital every single day if there was more bad things happening than there are good things happening. Correct. So, it, it, It's interesting because I was, I was working with a very good leader not so long ago, and one of his stories was really uh, he struggled with that idea at the beginning in terms of coming up with more, um, more recognition. But then when he started doing it, he started seeing a shift, and like you said, then soon enough, peers were starting to recognize each other and saying, well, since we're talking about recognition for a safe choice, can I share some of my own that I've observed? Um, and then it starts spreading because now we're not just looking at the things that are bad. We're, we're also looking at what we're doing well and, and wanting more of it.
2: That's awesome. So I have one other one for the safety simple. Absolutely. It should not be a new concept to anybody. So I'm not, you know, reading for- not creating something new that nobody knows but it's this whole concept of why I work safe and right. and, I'll, and I'll start with myself we probably all heard that mm-hmm. slogan before uh, but I'll try to give you what the meaning truly means to me and tie it all together mm-hmm. is you know after having this event you realize what's important in life mm-hmm. and what isn't and uh, sure. and ultimately it's my my wife who is the cornerstone of my life uh, the girl who was in that mm-hmm. photo in my picture. 16 years ago was her and we're married now and um and so I make smart right choices every single day for her because I need to grow old with her and and I've committed to her that I'm never going to choose work over her again Um, she is first in my life um but it's also my daughters you know I work safe so that the arms and legs that still work and um continue to work so because i again i, I the pictures are so much bigger for me now as i know they both want to get married one day and a part of their wedding is their dad walking him down the aisle and the daddy daughter dance and yeah. all those things and, yeah. and and so again before i got hurt work was my life my everything and now it's completely shifted and now work is important i love work but it's not everything. It does. It's not the meaning of my life. Sure. And so, and same with my hobbies. We all have hobbies that are listening today. And and again, mm-hmm. I, I still love to hunt and fish and um, and snowmobile and dirt bike and stuff. And and but those are the things I want to do. But the difference is, I'm doing it because I want to, not because I have to. And and that's the right. the, the hugest thing in this is that. Uh, and I, I get challenged lots on this. And they say, well, you know, I don't really get your goofy, why I work safe thing. I'm just, I'm just a compliant person. And the problem with compliant people I've learned is this. They'll always do the right <laughs> thing when everybody's looking. But when nobody's looking mm-hmm. and you know you won't get caught, what decision will they make? The difference I find is people that have those whys in their life, the things that that mean yep. everything, it's harder to make that wrong choice because there's so much more at stake. And, and so yeah. – to sum that up, that when you find your why, right, the, the families, the yeah. hobbies, those things, you create meaning. And when you create meaning, you create purpose. And then you realize that all those things, the safety procedures, policies, all that stuff really just keeps all the pictures, the things in your life HD in here, right? <laughs> but until right. you understand that, safety is annoying. It's in the way. Uh, it's frustrating, I'd, I'd make more money, right? But because you're, you're missing <laughs> that whole why component to it. That's the whole reason yeah. why we do what we do. And, and, and so, again, very simple concept. But that's yeah. – so, so the other thing I learned um, and I, I – uh, it was pretty cool. I can't remember his last name or I'm Butcher's last name, but he's a very well-known sneaker. Simon Sinek, I think. Sinek? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that he – again, I always had this belief, this idea – and, uh, and he kind of just reaffirmed it for me is he was talking about the whole why, et cetera, in business, et cetera. And one of the things he, he commented on that when he did this study, that the part of your brain, the lymph, lymph, lymphatic part of the brain uh, that controls your decision-making, your behavior, it can only be uh, – cha- or you can only change your behavior with emotion. And, and mm-hmm. so to me, that's the piece, that, that, that that's your why, the emotion part, that you want to be here for your kids. You want to be here for your spouse. Yes. You, you want to go fishing again or the, whatever, whatever makes your life whole. Um, and so it was just neat to see and reaffirm like my beliefs that they've scientifically proven the only way to change human behavior is through emotion. So I thought that was pretty fascinating.
1: It, it is, and I think it speaks as well to a leader being comfortable speaking about their why for safety. Because they're asking somebody else to do the same, so I think there's some there's some elements there on vulnerability and being able to share it, but then eliciting that reflection on your why. So so maybe share some some thoughts in terms of some of the some of the approaches that you do use to bring the why and to get your team members to think about the why day in and day out. Yeah.
2: So so what we do is um, we either create so we get the craft to submit their photos, and we either create. Uh, uh, or and or um we'll do stickers on their hard hats for some reason craft guys love stickers on hard hats so it'll be <laughs> yes. kids or somebody i just had to make one the other day it was a cowboys fan so apparently he's working safe for the cowboys <laughs> um okay everyone has their thing <laughs> right and and but what what it does it also makes it personal so when you see something somebody doing something unsafe it makes it personal because there might be a picture of that kid that that guy's daughter or his sure. wife or and it how can you not want to say something like that's that's their why um so to me it just makes it personal and uh at all yeah. levels and and then again back to the vulnerability part when our supervisors managers are doing the same thing hey our managers put one boot or one pant, pant leg on at a time they're just the same as us and even all the way up to our ceo and and i know our ceo has two kids and and loves being with them and and so well, I need to speak up if he's doing something wrong. Doesn't matter what level you're at. And so, to me, just again back to that simple concept, it's very simple. It's it's we all have those same things, and we need to do what's right for for yourself and but for them and and for their the people in their life. Because again, that's something else I learned yeah. from all of this. The ripple effect that was created because of a decision I made uh, became waves, and and it affected
1: right. my friends, my
2: family, my just everybody because of one decision that I made.
1: Steve, very powerful story. Um, you, your story in terms of the events that you had, but also in terms of how you're applying it to, to drive safety within the organization. Really, really powerful. Thank you for coming to the show and sharing your story. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's, what's the best way to, to reach out? Yeah,
2: so uh, there's a few ways. You could go to safetystevehow.com or um, yeah. you can also go to Keynote Speakers Canada or Keynote Speakers USA.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for
2: having me. It was awesome.
0: Thank you for listening to The Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Grow your success. Capture the hearts and minds of your teams. Elevate your safety. Like every successful athlete, top leaders continuously invest in their safety leadership with an expert coach to boost safety performance. Begin your journey at execsafetycoach.com. Come back in two weeks for the next episode with your host, Eric Macrowski. This podcast is powered by Propolo Consulting.